All around the world, we are experiencing wildfire problems. In this podcast, we will look at the situation of California. And the lessons learned about California will also apply to other areas of the world. In California, we used to have a lot of wetlands. Central California used to be a valley with a large lake and the river waters flowed into there and it created a lot of wetlands, but they all drained to create farms. And these farmlands now feed a lot of America. Los Angeles itself used to be um, have a lot of wetlands and Southern California, even though now it's considered a desert, was once a lot more rich and fertile. And these wetlands and lush, uh, lushness of California provided provided more humidity in the air and, and, and a landscape that was more wildfire resilient. So part of what we have to do in California is keep the vegetation hydrated more. And there are a number of problems that have been happening in California that have increased the likelihood of wildfires by drying out the vegetation. One of these is fog. The amount of fog in California has decreased by a third. And the fog comes in from the coastal regions um, and then moves inland. Scientists have studied why these, this fog has decreased. And the reason is that, there's an, that, that the fog needs a temperature difference in order to come inland. And so it's cooler, it's cooler on the coast and it's warmer inland. But now what's happened is that the coast has warmed up because of all the urban development. And so part of the reason the, the urban developments uh, 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 heat up the area is because there's less evaporative cooling. So when water evaporates from the soil and from trees, it it's kind of acts like how sweat does for our bodies. It cools the earth and moves the heat up from the surface of the earth up into the clouds. And so that effect has disappeared from cities. And so now it isn't as cool. And so that fog doesn't form and then the fog doesn't blow inland. The fog, the fog, um, the fog is actually a rich source of, of water for, for a lot of trees and in the mountainside. So these, so the, the fires in California are happening a lot in the mountains. And so the fog, the summer fog used to come and hydrate it more, but now it's decreased by a third. And the leaves in the trees can actually absorb the the water condensate condensation um, and the and the fog droplets into their leaves. There's these stomata in leaves that actually uh, bring in the water, and so it's actually a rich source of hydration in summer uh, when it's not raining as much. So if we can bring back that fog, it, it will help um, with the wildfire situation. And one way to do that is actually to begin to re-green our cities. So putting in green roofs and then putting in a lot more soil, depaving some of the concrete where we don't need so much concrete or, or asphalt, um, enlarging our parks. And then a lot of the rainwater right now, it actually just goes into the storm drains and flows back out to the ocean. And so it's not being used for evaporative cooling and so what we want need to do is filter a lot of that stormwater um, back into our parks, back into the vegetation. Um, Brad Lancaster uh, has written a book about rainwater harvesting, and he's pioneered in Arizona ways of uh, 
For instance, in the curbs, they will cut the curbs so that when the rain comes, it flows down the street, but then it flows into the trees itself. And so that's one example of how you use a stormwater to actually regreen your city and at the same time also create evaporative cooling instead of letting the water just drain back out to the ocean. Um, and then we, we need to put a halt on a lot of this development of more concrete, more asphalt, more parking lots, and, and if possible to kind of de depave um, some of the areas so that we do bring back um, some more nature, rewild uh, California to a degree. Because nature itself is actually natural protection for wildlife, uh, wildfires because of its natural um, hydration properties. But by destroying a lot of our uh, vegetation, we've we've increased the, the probability of wildfires. Um, another, another source of, of dew and humidity is, is a lot of the uh, wetlands that occur more in the valley area, but if there's more humid air and more, more um, evapotranspiration happening in those areas, then that uh, water vapor can actually flow towards the mountains and actually help hydrate uh, the plants. And so so dew is actually also, scientists have discovered, an important source of hydration uh, for vegetation. So traditionally, we just think of rain, but actually uh, fog and dew are also great um, contributions of, of hydration, especially in the summer when there's less rain. Um, in, in, in addition, if we increase the wetlands again in, in, the, in the valley areas, then when the Diablo winds and the Santa Anas blow across these areas, they won't be quite so dry. And, and these, these huge fast winds that come from the Great Basin and come from inland um, come across the mountains, speeding up, uh, heating up, and then they hit the mountains and, and they, they really fan the wildfires. So we can humidify that area, um, humidify this wind, then it will be less, uh, less dangerous. So Owens Valley, uh, in the in the east side of California is one area where the Santa Ana comes from. And the reason it's a lot drier now is because LA has diverted a lot of the water uh, from that area. And part of the reason uh, the central California and other parts of uh, California are dried up is because a lot of the rivers are, are drying up because we store all the water in like 1500 dams um, around the around the state. And then these dams funnel the water to the farms and to, to LA and San Diego and the big cities to, to, to provide drinking water. So if we can actually have less of the water being stored in the dams and stored in the landscape, that will help hydrate the landscape. So um, part of that, in order to do that, we actually have to deal with the whole shortage of water for the whole Central Valley farms and, and the and the... And the problem of uh, providing enough drinking water to LA and San Diego and other Southern California cities. So one way to deal with the um, farm water situation is to realize that modern farming really does not use water well. They put in irrigation uh, drains inside the soil. So whenever the soil gets too wet, all that water drains out of the farm um, and into the rivers and then all the way to the ocean. And it also, often this water has a lot of chemical fertilizers. And so this water is, is, is polluted and is causing algae and other problems of growth um, 
in, in our water systems and too much nitrogen uh, in the oceans. So, and the reason they do this is because it's easier to farm when, when there's less water. You don't want it too wet, um, at least for modern farming techniques. And, but, but this is due in part to the problem that the soil has been degraded gradually um, over the decades. So as we put in more chemical fertilizers and we till more, we're destroying all the natural things in the soil, all the fungi and all the different microbes that really enrich the soil. And so when you use regenerative agriculture techniques or permaculture techniques or agroecology techniques, the soil gets a lot richer. And in fact, it can hold a lot more water. And so we don't need to drain a lot of that water out to the ocean. And if, there's, if, if less water is being drained out to the ocean, that means there's more water on the land. And that, that water on the land has to either be in the soils, in the aquifers, or evapotranspire into the air. And so... Um, we can actually begin actually um, refilling more of the more more of the aquifers if we have more wetlands in the central valley area, and also we can actually increase the humidity of the air. So as the with wetlands and also with richer soil. So if the soil is holding more water and not draining away, then some part of that water is actually going to evapotranspire. And sometimes we think of oh, we don't want you know, water to evapotranspire the air, it's just a loss. But actually it's not. Um, it actually, the, the amount of water to create rain is partly from from the humidity in the air and a lot of that's blowing from the oceans, but partly also from um, water that's evapotranspiring from the landscape. So for instance, uh, Milan, Milan is a meteorologist, he studied the Mediterranean, why in Spain and other areas they were gradually losing rains is because as they urbanized the landscapes, the landscapes were not able to um, absorb the rainwater as well, um, and it was also not able to evapotranspire. And so that evapotranspiration over the water needed to combine with the Mediterranean Ocean air to create the rains. Um, and, and it's also uh, Antinonio Nobre has studied in the Amazons, as they cut down the rainforests, is actually creating droughts downwind from there in Rio de Janeiro and other areas because there's, there's less water being uh, pumped into the air from the trees and the soil. Um, in Borneo, Willie Smith has done a replanting effort with the forest there. And as the forest regrew, it actually increased the rain by 20%. Um, because, because now there's more evapotranspiration of the water and then there's biomolecules pump, put up by the forest that when they go up into the air, um, they seed the clouds and, and, and more rain. So a similar thing can happen actually in, um, in Owens Valley and in the Central Valley, because as we kind of allow the soils to actually absorb a lot more water, some of it will go into the air and actually increase the, 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 um, the humidity. And so each 1% each of increase of organic matter in the soil um, adds a lot more, um, a lot more water retention into the soil, and and it, it can have a wide range of organic content in the soils, from three percent to eight percent, depending on how regenerative your practices are. So that's a key thing. We can also not use irrigation pipes as much in the soil, and so regenerative farms, uh, agriculture farms, do not do this. And and at least for some of the farms, you could take out parts of the area. 
of this irrigation and just allow it to get a bit more wet. And so, um, and if, if that does happen, that water that's on the farm can uh, can either sink more into aquifers to help replenish aquifers or kind of evapotranspire into the air. Um, and it's also important that they use less fertilizers because then uh, the water that does go into aquifers or into the ocean is less polluted. So it, it, it requires for us to kind of shift our whole farming paradigm. Um, and and there are efforts underway, and like in the in the U.S. government um, agriculture, there are now soil health principles that focus a lot more on enriching the soil. Um, and I think as we begin to see how our farming actually affects wildfires, that can that can create a lot more of a political and uh, legislative push uh, to shift um, our whole our whole farming system because now. You know, if 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 with if you're a farmer, you don't want to be considered seen as creating wildfires, and if you're you know the government, you don't want to allow this this fire hazard to to be happening. Um, and, and so it puts a whole new kind of spin or perspective on the whole farming uh, matter. And in addition, the way we're doing water, um, if if you store it in the dams and then you just pipe it to farms when they need it. That means that a lot of that water is not actually hydrating the landscape a lot of the time. It's just sitting in the dam. And so it's taking away from the hydration. And so that's a huge amount of water in the 1500 dams around California that's not actively hydrating the landscape. And so not, and so it's, it's allowing, you know, vegetation that's not in the farms to get dry and, and, and be, become fire hazards. Um, and if we want to have uh, more water, so we want Owens Lake in the in the east side of California to come back and, and that area to, to become more hydrated again and so that the Santa Anas, when they blow in, don't aren't so dry, then we actually need not to be piping water from there through the aqueducts um, to L.A. And this happened, you know, in the uh, first part of the 20th century. They built these huge aqueducts to pipe the water um, to L.A. And uh, so that means LA needs to supply its own water. And the interesting thing is that LA has enough rain to actually supply, you know, half of its r residents with water already. So, and, and, and it's doing a lot less than that now. And so what it basically has to do is catch its own rainwater. And so LA has actually uh, come to the realization of this. And so they're depaving some of Burbank, a town in a, a suburb area in LA. Um, to put in a wetlands park, so it will funnel a lot of the stormwater um, from the rains, and then it, there's different filtration processes you can do with uh, biochar and microbes, so clean it, and then it goes underwater in LA. And LA under LA is like a huge storage capacity to store water, and then they'll build wells to to bring up the water. And so LA actually has under plans uh, not just Burbank, but quite a few other stormwater parks all over to capture. Um, capture the rain and so it, it becomes like a sponge city um, and this is a concept in China that there were sponge cities to capture all the rainwater and all the floodwaters um, and so it can it can be more aut autonomous in its water so it's relocalizing water and uh, you know we talk about relocalizing business and relocalizing the economy well we also want to relocalize water instead of using these aqueducts to pipe it in from elsewhere um, so as LA becomes more and more self-sufficient in San Diego and other areas, 
then we need to we don't need to pipe in so much water from Owens Valley, and that will allow the whole vegetation and the air to humidify there, and then we won't have these dry San Anas as much, and then it won't fan the wildfires as much. So it's 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 all interconnected, as you can see, um, and it's a lot with basically rewilding and bringing back you know the natural wetlands, bringing back the natural soil, using less fertilizer, using less aqueducts, using less dams, irrigation pipes um, under the soil, um, allowing our urban areas to, to re-green so they're not urban heat islands, which then destroys the fog too. So these are, these are shifts we need to, to, to make in California and because the wildfires are causing huge amounts, billions and billions of dollars. So we we can afford to funnel, you know, billions of dollars into shifting our whole fundamental paradigm of how we relate to water. And and these ideas are, are not just uh, for California itself. Like these winds that blow, these Chinook winds that are hot and fast, they're, they're, they're causing uh, wildfires, say, for instance... In the in the Colorado fires that happened recently, um, and and so as we kind of uh, switch our greeneries to more urban heat islands all around the world, and we're creating more of these problems, um, dehumidifying the the atmosphere and creating more hot winds that fan more wildfires. Um, Australia, for instance, you know, there's a lot of wildfires there, but they've destroyed a lot of the wetlands. It used to be huge amounts of wetlands in Australia, and a lot of it was drained to create farms and then to create urban developments. And uh, th there was th th these huge wetlands are obvious, uh, you know, a barrier to wildfires. And so restoring some of the wetlands will help deal with a lot of the wildfires that ravage Australia.